The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Boland, and holy uh, shit. The, uh, the, world's, the world's gone full stupid. I, I, well, I'm, I am going to say this. Um, we are going to do a slight change um, to our giveaways this week. We obviously can't send you places, but what we are going to do is um, every time we use bad language, we always give money to <laughs> the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and Free MMA. <laughs> We're still going to support the usual charities we support, but we are shitty, going to add shitty, on to that. Shitty, shitty. Um, there are, Alexis <laughs> is going to kill you, Paul. There are charities now bringing lunches to kids that are out of school since they don't have access to school lunches, so we're going to lump that in too. Um, holy shit. Things have gotten, have gotten um, a little Stupid. bit weird. Yeah. Well, California, New York, and Illinois have imposed the country's most stringent restrictions to slow the virus. Mitch right, McConnell right. Um, is set to vote on a massive uh, financial stimulus, and taxes mm-hmm. are now due July 15th. Um, I yeah. know everyone's like, yay, they pushed off the taxes for us. No, they didn't. They did that so they don't have to send you your income tax back. Oh, uh, well, yeah, because it's going to be, yeah, for, I could, I would assume that now, now how long does this virus last? Now? We'll have, we, we have a guest today that can answer most of these Is, things. Yeah. How, much, how, how long, I, okay, we just got to put a pin in it, remind, so we can let us know. How long yeah. does a virus stay on a piece of paper, you know? I don't know. Um, we have a yeah, very, if very special. <laughs> if you're handwriting out your taxes, that kind of might be a thing, you know? It might. So our so guest today I'm is going gonna... to be uh, Joshua Schafstein. I, I'm, I'm pronouncing his name wrong, I'm sure. He's a physician. Mm-hmm. He's the current vice dean for public health, um, uh, practice and community engagement at the John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. He was secretary of the Maryland Department of Health. Um, and mental hygiene from 2011 to 2014. He was the principal deputy commissioner of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration until he stepped down from his post on July uh, on January 5th, 2011. And he's a former health commissioner of Maryland. The reason um, we got him on today is because I got so many questions for us on social media, and right. I don't know how to answer any of them. So yeah, don't take yeah. We'll, we'll get an expert. Yeah, which you know. Get, you know Go figure, because, you know, L.A., you know, Hollywood is known, you know, we have two exports to the world, which is pop culture mm-hmm. and communicable diseases. So Apparently, except a, Tom yeah. Hanks caught it in Australia, which is ridiculous, right. because if one person was going to play like a coronavirus sufferer that died, it would be Tom <laughs> Hanks. But he freaking yeah. got into Australia. It couldn't be the celebrities we don't like. Like, there are a lot of guys I'm saying, like, let's let's get them sick. But no, it has to be it has to be Tom freaking Hanks, the only one I do like. Well, yeah, but you know, a lot of people like him, so he shakes a lot of hands. So there you go. Uh, so d- nobody get near Oprah. Oh no, my no, God, no, 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 no. no! Do not breathe in Oprah's yeah. direction. 
apparently, you know, the who could very well be our next James Bond, Idris Elba, tested positive, too. <gasps> That's awful. Yeah. Well, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd still mop his brow and, you know, nicely pet his chest. I'd take care of him. Um, the coronavirus, <laughs> it seems... I know, I'm, some... on, I'm on blood thinners, so I ain't getting anywhere near the guy. Yeah, he's like, I'm not doing it. Well, the coronavirus yeah. seems to be the Bill Cosby of viruses. It takes advantage of you. It takes advantage of your friends with or without consent. So it's right. going after the people that, that, you know, we care about. Not, mm. you know, the, the Harvey Weinsteins of the world. I'm sure there's a couple of, you know, royal pieces of garbage that have caught viruses because, you know, most of them, most of those people start by it, those viruses. That is very true. Mm-hmm. The whole thing's just really bizarre. I mean, I kind of, we got to let people go. just calm the down, people. Seriously, just calm the fuck down. I, I don't understand leave. what's happened with the damn toilet paper. I don't either, you know, because it's not, it's, isn't one of, because I don't think one of the symptoms is, uh, you know, Montezuma's revenge, so to speak. It's not, it's not, direct, like, it's a respiratory infection. I, I, I could get tissues, but I'm not getting, like, why everyone went nuts with toilet paper. But on the plus side, it may get people in America to use bidets. I've never I used understood one. why you go- You're good. But I've yeah. never understood why people are averse to using a bidet. If a bird pooped uh, on your arm and you wiped it off with a piece of tissue, you wouldn't say it was clean. Um, actually, uh, I do yeah. know. I Googled it the other day, and I can tell you why Americans don't like bidets. Do you want to know? Uh, it's because if you sit them on wrong, the, if you sit on them in the wrong direction and jack the pressure way too up, it'll turn you into a water balloon. No, no, but that is a good guess. Um, Mm. This is like legitimately what the problem is. American soldiers first came into contact with the bidets in French Mm. whorehouses after World War II because the rest of the countries kind of came from Europe and bidets existed by the time, you know, we were all created. We all used Mm. them. But America's first contact where it was like commonly seen were in French whorehouses, so it was associated with whores. And the puritanical values meant you guys couldn't be clean because then you'd be whores. Figure that one out. No, I'm just going to file that under stupid shit of the past. So, yeah, <laughs> it's it. No, no, it's going to go right. I can't in wait till we can file this under movie. Shit. Yeah, it'll it's going to be in the super boy with the fourth lethal weapon movie and maybe new Coke. That's it. You know, it's right there in those in that in that background. So no, I do want to give us I, <laughs> I do want to give a shout out real quick to Tiny Bubbles Hair Salon in Palm Springs, California. You're closed right now, but you always make me look gorgeous. Um, today's tresses, it's a great wig place. Wigs are going to be really important for those of you, you like me that dye your hair and all kinds of stuff. Get a good wig, then you can do all of your social streaming. Um, and then, of course, the new Palm Springs diet. Now that you're trapped at home, spray it under your tongue, do some exercise, get skinny. And I am going to do the giveaways for um, True Rest, Sedona, and Las Vegas and off-road rentals. But you can't use them till this is over. So we'll figure out what the giveaways are for. Um, and of course, thank you for Scott Ho- to Scott Haskin for that awesome intro music. But I I don't get it. Like uh, the, the uh, level of stupid is incredible. Well, it was like okay, I think it was like last Thursday. I was at my favorite watering hole. Uh, shout out to Tiki No, who's currently uh, closed now. Now they're over in North Hollywood. They're fantastic. Tip your bartenders. Uh, and. I left there to do a little grocery shopping over at a, uh, a big chain store, and I was going down the aisle where the beverages are, and this woman, like, for one, she looks at me like I'm a threat. 
and she runs right by me. All, and she was kind of a she was a sturdier gal. Uh, so she and I'm not exactly a spring chicken, but she blew past me as if she was trying to push the ball in past the goal line on the one. One grabbed what looked like the last remaining case of water. And then she just turned around and looked at me as if to say, Mike! And I was there for, because they had a sale on uh, Mountain Dew. So that's where I was. I, I bought that stuff. It just so so like, Paul's channeling his inner neck beard. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, and we know it's safe. So, uh, But I, I just walked by her and it's like, uh, I'm not there for that. So enjoy your water. And in case everything goes completely wrong, there's 40 gallons of drinkable water in your water heater. And I walk, oh, I walk by her because, yeah, I have a tap. We're, I don't know how the heck we're going to get short, how it's going to stop us from going, because what, nobody can go out and fix the pipes if they break or something? I, I don't get it. I, I really don't. Um, I do know I have a, a, a gentleman friend of mine who's a police officer in L.A. He's out of Rampart now. Um, mm -hmm. And he said they're wearing, like, you know, the black BDUs and they're really only dealing with serious violent crime and stuff now. I mean, things are really being, it's, it's, it's a pretty, pretty mm -hmm. dangerous situation yeah, because people you know, are out of work, they're desperate and there's nothing we can do. Yeah. I had kind of had a health hiccup these, today. I was off of medication that I was supposed to be on, but I can't get a refill out of my doctor's office because he's 75 and closed. Uh, and then I had my regular pharmacy just shutter, shutter itself. And so it was basically I had to do get a whole bunch of ducks in a row in order just to get a medicine, which well, I to kind of take. But, so, you know. I think this is going to switch a lot of things to online. Like we're going to be doing a lot of online shopping. We're going to be doing a lot of online everything. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we still have to deal with the person who comes to the door. I know. I'm just saying yeah. we're going to have, I, I think this is going to change the world a little bit. And I will say the biggest celebrity in the world is going to come out of this event. People that are really pushing, and this is to you guys out there, if you want to be famous, believe it or not, now is a great time. Um, there is so much content that they're looking for that they're buying up already made shows. So if you mm -hmm. have stuff that's already shot, um, like we're, we're putting out garbage shows that we turned down before because we have to fill airtime. Yeah, and, the, the movie theater last weekend, the entire theater, movie theater industry only grossed like $50 million. Yep. One movie does that normally at this time. So well, streaming, that one movie should have been Onward, which I guess so is streaming, going to a streaming platform. Yeah, well, that's it. Streaming yeah, is going to be, be everything. Biggest flop, it's going to be like the biggest Pixar flop since that. Uh, I don't think that was it the good dinosaur that didn't do very well. Yeah, that was it, didn't do very well. But we we like the um Ochoa boys, and the boy from that was one of the leads, so we say that it was the best his, one. That wasn't his fault, yeah, all right, no, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just I thought it was mismarketed, but uh, that's just I, me. I actually uh, agree, I thought John Carter was too, and that was a Disney fail, but. Well, so yeah. what's, what's going to happen, we're going to go to break in a sec, guys. Um, but if you want to be famous, now's the time. Get on TikTok, put together your YouTube channel. We're going to have a lot of people that said all I needed was time to write the greatest novel or script in the world. And then you guys are going to realize, no, no, that wasn't all you needed. 
Um, but on top of that, Alan. we are going to find, yeah, that Alan. which we needed was something a little more. But we're also going to find all the Alan. undercover stars. We're going to find the people that are funny, that can put together their own shows. If you look at uh, uh, Trevor Noah, he's put together the Daily Social Distancing show. Um, Stephen Colbert was putting stuff out. All these television stars are trying to stay relevant because, you know, Hollywood has a short memory. You forget in eight weeks. And I will but, be, it has been a long time since I was wearing a mask inside a retail establishment. Really? Good. Like a warm hug from an old friend who smelled good. <laughs> okay, we're going to break. We are. When we come back, we'll be talking a little bit more about what's going on and the fact that they're telling doctors and nurses since they're running out of masks to use bandanas. What the fuck? I'm here on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolland, and we'll be right. right back after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, host of the Nilton Motto, Paul Michael Bolin. And during the break, we were talking about the homeless population and uh, how this virus yeah. is running through Skid Row like a nightmare. Oh, God. Well, that's, that's such a nightmare down there already. You know? But they just had a few, well, I mean, they just put a few Johnny Pots down there, uh, mm-hmm. the, the uh, portable bathrooms. You know? Yep. 
I, I get it. There's a bit of an issue with the only enclosed space. I think that was the reason that they don't want to put permanent bathrooms in down there. There, because people can be assaulted in there. The the problem is nobody is keeping track of what it's doing to the homeless population, and the homeless population is who is suffering most at this yeah, point. Yeah, I time. don't. I don't have to keep track. You know, they're they need help now. Yeah. So somebody just needs to make it happen. That's, uh, that really needs to be fixed. So the other problem is. Uh, that we're having that's getting pretty serious is we've had a lot of, uh, not where I am, I'm currently hiding out um, outside of Los Angeles, but I have friends of mine in LA that are telling me people are breaking into homes trying to get toilet paper, trying to get baby formula. Like, you break into my home trying to get baby formula. If I got it, you right. can have it. Just not. And, and this this particular hammerhead who, uh, you know, deleted me on on Facebook, on the Book of Face, uh, over okay, a so I, second I'm gonna say this argument. Some people have gotten a little pissy with Paul because they don't agree with his politics. So I, yeah. I thought he was kidding when he told me that he's been losing friends, but apparently some people are real bastards. Yeah. Somewhere around 70 people have deleted me on, on the Book of Face, which is where I'd like to go, but that's just how it is these days. And this one particular, uh, you know, doorknob, Freaking, uh, he sends me a text uh, out of out of the blue. He deleted it like a couple of years ago. He's like, hey, you know, because it's an emergency, I don't have to wait 10 days for a gun, right? You know, I'm like, <laughs> that's right. You absolutely don't have to wait 10 days for a gun. You need to bring in uh, four forms of ID, three, three months worth of utility bills. Uh, you're, uh, I think I even convinced him that he needs to get his mother's maiden is his wife's mother's blood type uh and it's a oh yeah yeah no no so so he's gonna and yeah no no just go straight to the front of the line because you're there a new gun because those everybody that's lining up is just there for another gun but if you don't have a gun you go right to the front of the line so. <laughs> oh i wish i could get that on video today by the way people no they're not taking away the 10-day waiting period sorry <laughs> They, they, they would be idiots to take away the 10-day waiting period. Eh, they could do it faster, but that's, you know, it's California, so it's not going to go any faster. So, sorry. Not uh, in the slightest, no. I, I really, I would really love to see, I forget which town that shit knob was in. Uh, I'd love to go down to the local gun store to see him walking up with a big pile of file of papers and of paper. I'd like to remind everyone we swear because we care we give money to charity every time we use bad language um, and right now one of the charities we're supporting the kids that are out of school that this is affected there are a lot of kids in really low income areas and really low income homes that most of their meals come from school lunches and school breakfasts so you can help by supplementing oh, that you can put money out for those kids uh, I, uh, I don't and, you know, there's, there's, I know there are food banks, there are churches, there's, there's a way to get some help out quicker than, you know, from the government, which the government is doing what it should, relatively what it should, but we'll know more from the guy we talked to. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the, those, those that can fit locally, your needs should be able to be met very quickly. Though we have an amazing, an well, enormous, they've closed down, um, yeah, yeah, they've closed down a lot of food banks which is also uh, affecting the homeless population um, because people aren't donating, they're hoarding. So, well, yeah, 
Yeah, people have gone, you know, full. There's a lot of pure, uncut stupid out there. You know, I just, ah, just, okay. I, I admit, I did move a few of my boomsticks closer to, you know, where I sleep. I'm not, I'm not completely, I'm not, not guilty for, for that, but, you know, yeah. uh, again, I'm a gun-owning pacifist. And the, when we see people go completely nuts over water and toilet paper, toilet, really people, toilet paper? It's not like this virus gives you the runs or anything like that. Come on. I, I do want to say this. Um, if you guys can tell us where that uh, where that reference boomstick comes from, one of my favorite <laughs> movies, tell us that, and uh, we will give you one of our fab giveaways for this week. But if your goal, again, I'm going to say, if your goal is to get famous, really start pushing your social media now, start pushing um, private shows now, because I'm telling you from the entertainment perspective, we don't have squat. We mm-hmm. are desperate for content. So I, people I, I, are going no, to be turning to streaming. I, I know a few cam girls that are cleaning up right now. So. Oh, yeah. Pornhub yeah, just not, had a surge. I think their Pornhub was given, uh, they were given access to their premium content for free to people in Italy. They're doing all kinds of stuff. But the other, the other problem um, Pornhub's about to hit is they're going to be doing a lot more amateur from home stuff because porn stars are refusing to work. And good on them, by the way. Like that is yeah. a way to catch a virus. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I will still stand by previous statements. Those, you know, the porn performers are cleaner than the average, you know, Joe or Jane is going to be at a bar. I completely agree, but there are no bars. And if they're smart enough to stay away from other people, you should be too. Mm. Um, I, I just, I think we need, really, really need now to be more conscientious and more helpful towards each other. Yeah, um, be nice. You know, I, I, we have our friend of the show, Jared Fjorda. He's the, the MMA fighter. The, the mm-hmm. nonprofit gym he runs obviously had to close for this. But they've canceled all the fights like months out. He's got King of the Cage in July. But all of the fights before July have been closed. They just I don't know. want anyone doing anything where people can breathe or touch each other. So yeah, I think that's we- where the porn industry is going with this. <laughs> just wrapping it back around. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, no, no. I'm sure there'll be there'll be some performers out there willing to spray their entire body in Flexi Seal, which, by the way, doesn't work unless you want to remove every single hair from your body when you remove it. Well, I so think it, the um, other problem is misinformation. Like Geraldo went on on Fox News and told uh-huh. everyone to hold their breath to see if they have it. Geraldo's an idiot. He got punched by a soldier during the uh, Gulf War when it first started. Not the Gulf War during the Iraq War. Operation Iraqi Freedom, because he gave away the location on air. So I'm not blaming Fox News for this. I'm not keen on Fox News. I'm just Mm. blaming Geraldo, to be clear. But he went on air and said to hold your breath to see how your lungs are and this and that. Let's try to stop spreading misinformation. Just a little bit. Well, let's ask our expert about that, if there's any sort of uh, respiratory tests. Because that seems to be that that would be correct. If it's a respiratory problem, you can it's, see if you have a respiratory problem by holding your breath. I'm sure a there are of, much better ones, which a, will last. A bunch of I, doctors came on television, came on everywhere right. and debunked it and pretty much told Geraldo to shut it. But there is a great, if, uh, there is a great uh, TikTok video that is like 15 seconds of a hamster going through what you need to do, 
you know, wash your hands for um, no. like uh, 25 seconds, uh, wear a mask if you have day. symptoms, cough into your sleeve or elbow. Great TikTok video. Better news uh, than Ronaldo also, gives you. At the very least, sing happy birthday while you wash your hands. Because apparently, but happy birthday, singing, the, singing happy birthday is the right amount of time you should spend scrubbing your hands. The flip That's, side of that is not happy birthday by Stevie Wonder. That takes way too long. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it, but Stevie, Stevie. So, yeah, yeah. He can do that. He so can he sing can it sing. for however long he wants. <laughs> you sing. Yeah, he'll, his hands are going to be the cleanest in the whole state of California. <laughs> well, God it's, bless it's, it's right. I, I know. And if he got sick, it's not like he'd see it coming. So we're okay. No, I'm kidding. Wow. I, I loved, I love Stevie Wonder. I love Stevie Wonder. It's not Stevie me Wonder. this time. It's not me. <laughs> I'm going to get the Twitter complaints. I love Stevie Wonder. I really, really do. But um, if we're going to start getting celebrities no, sick, uh, I'm not happy with the celebrities who got that. sick. You know, I'll give you a list that. of celebrities to lick. Make them sick. Ah. Not the good ones. <laughs> like, leave, <laughs> like, leave Tom Hanks alone. We need him. He's one of the few likable ones. And um, leave him alone because he can catch the virus from him. That too. That's yeah, that's a problem. Peter Wilson got it too. You know? Well, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not, what was it? It's not like Tom Cruise when he was married to Katie Holmes. I mean, that, Tom that, Hanks touches his wife. Hanks, that one hand, that one son, uh, Tom Hanks, the one who thinks he wants to be a gangster rapper. Yeah, he's probably Colin fine. Hanks. He's totally helping. No, no, no. There's one below him. <laughs> Oh, there is? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not good. I got to say, this is an improvement. The last time we were talking about celebrity children, we were talking about uh, Steven Spielberg's daughter going into porn. So this is better. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. The plus yeah. is the virus did him a favor. His daughter can't work either. Well, technically, no. Uh, for what she was doing, because she's... She wants to do a cam girl stuff, so that's all by herself solo stuff. That there's good money in that. So right now would be she's probably going to explode. That's and true. Okay, so I take that back. Yeah, because yeah. remember she's I, not doing the she's doing just solo cam girl stuff, and that's I don't think she's uh, has any intention of uh, having a partner as it stands right now. Points to that. So guys, mm. don't go to strip clubs. Get your porn online, but remember to pay for your porn. Porn actors are actors too. Hashtag equal. Um, We do want want you doing all the right things, but we're going to be talking to a health expert. We're going to talk about how this goes and what to do. And maybe don't get your health information from Geraldo. It's not like a breath-holding situation. There are real things you can do. And for those of you getting your information from Facebook, bad. Go to the corner. Bad. Naughty. Um, try TikTok. The videos there are great. No, I'm kidding. Really, go go to like the CDC. Go go to real websites, real places. Do not listen to your crazy aunt on Facebook. Just saying. We are going yeah. to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be talking with an actual expert, which um, will be very very nice. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin. And then when we come back, we are going to be on with Joshua M. Scharfstein. Now, I'm, I'm pronouncing this wrong more than right. likely, and we'll be, we'll be fixing that when we come back. We'll be right back. Yeah.
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we're on with my co-host, host and moderate moderate, Paul Michael Boland, and we're on with our very, very special guest, Dr. Joshua M. Sharfstein. Is that right? Did I get that right? That's right. Thank you. Yes, I got it right. We've pronounced it wrong a whole bunch of times. Thank you so much for being on the show. So much misinformation has been spreading. People are kind of panicked and it's, it's really great to, to talk to somebody that knows what they're talking about because people are asking me questions on Twitter and so far all I have for them is use a tissue and that's probably not the best way. Um, yeah. What are they asking? Through your bio. <laughs> oh, they're asking here. I'll jump over to Twitter. Uh, well, one thing was that if you hold your breath, because they heard it from Geraldo, does that really work? Uh, does not work. So what's the most important thing people should know about what's going on right now? Well, that this is a, a gravely serious situation that every single person has to do their part for us to be able to bring the level of infection down um, in order not to, to have the healthcare system be overwhelmed. Now, what what does that entail? If we not, don't want things to be overwhelmed, message, but but that that is really the situation we're in, and so people can do that in all sorts of ways. Um, they've got to be religious about hand washing, about staying at home. You know, if you're under order to stay at home, stay at home. Cover your cough. You know, even inside, you should be washing your hands, um, and then uh, really doing as minimal social interaction in person as as possible. Um, you know, this is a highly infectious virus, and um, it is uh, one that um, is like 10 times at least as deadly as influenza. And we're seeing um, situations evolve now in the United States, starting to look like Italy, where the healthcare system has so many patients that they're doing, um, you know, triage for 
who gets a ventilator, and that could be the case in the United States. And to minimize that, um, hopefully to avoid it, but at least to minimize that, everyone really has to be responsible. I think one of the biggest issues is the confusion over the fact that 80% of the people don't get that sick. It's one of the insidious things about the virus um, because people say, well, like, what's the big deal? The problem is people like that are passing it on. And so even if oh. that person doesn't get sick, you know, I mean, truthfully, but, even young people have gotten quite ill and even died from this, but it's relatively rare. What, what, but it is so not rare for light, young people to be passing it so on. What the, so what would the light symptoms be? Uh, the light symptoms could just be a cough. You know, or in some cases, people may not even have any symptoms at all, you know. And so if you're going out and you're like, ah, it's no big deal, it might feel like just a little cold, but then you're touching everything and the virus Mm -hmm. is now spread to a whole bunch of people, including people who can't tolerate it. And um, that then can overburden the healthcare system, which, of course, if you get hit by a car or break your leg or anything, there may not be people to take care of you, you know, so... That's really the, the challenge. The, having an overwhelmed healthcare system is not good for anybody. It makes sense. I have, uh, I have lupus, so I'm terrified of, of touching anyone or doing anything right now. I'm, I'm, hiding, uh, I'm hiding at home, trying to avoid everyone. But one of the questions I got asked on Twitter was from another girl with lupus. She was chatting with me online, and she said, well, what about people delivering stuff? You know, do can things come across on containers, on boxes? Can you catch things that way? Well, I mean, it's it's theoretically possible. People should be washing their hands before they, you know, uh, you know, uh, if you're a delivery person, you should be washing your hands. And then, if uh, once a delivery package comes, people should open it and wash their hands. I mean, basically. If you think about the concept of washing your hands, you should go wash your hands. It's very important to, to keep doing that. And, um, you know, that it, it is, you know, not so transmissible that, um, you know, a package is going to get everybody infected and everything like that. On the other hand, everything is a potential, you know, hazard. And for now, we should just try to minimize as much exposure as we can. You okay. know, I mean, How, there are some are things that are essential. Like, you have to get food somehow. Like, so it's... We have to navigate life um, as as thoughtfully as we can for this difficult period. And I think an important point is, like, this is a really tough message, and we have a lot of uncertainty. We don't know how bad it's going to get. It's, it's on the upswing, not the downswing. And at this point, we don't know, you know, exactly how this is going to play out. The one thing I've been saying, I think we will know a lot more in a few weeks. Um, and I think in the four- to six-week range we will be able to really understand what we're up against in this country, whether we're seeing a uniform national picture, whether we're seeing it more regionally. And that hopefully will give us more of a uh, idea of what it will take. We'll have a lot of different research projects giving um, information about treatments um, and other kinds of things that people can do, different types of strategies inside hospitals. And hopefully we'll be able to put together a more tailored strategy to, to kind of fight back. But right now, it is we want to have as many options as possible when that happens, and that's why everybody's got to really um, shut it down as much as possible. Now, can I ask, how long does this virus live on a uh, surface of, say, like a package or a piece of paper or a countertop? Uh, 
You know, there was a study that was just done that said sort of a range cardboard. It actually didn't live that long on at all, um, like maybe in sort of minutes to an hour or something. And then in, uh, but other uh, substances, it could be um, like a steel counter, plastic counter, something like that. It could wind up being for hours. Um, But uh, there are some recommendations online at the CDC on how to clean your house, wipe down surfaces. Um, you could use dilute bleach, for example, if you don't have cleaner, um, that sort of thing, um, just, just to be as safe as possible. But yes, it, that, that, that's how it passes on uh, from one person to another person. It clearly, the highest risk is if you have very close contact with somebody. Um, you're in their space, they're coughing and sneezing. That is extremely efficient transfer of the virus. But um, you can still get it through these other mechanisms. How long, just just for you um, personally, do you see this going on for months or weeks or a year? I mean, what what are people looking at, do you think? Well, the way I think about this is, like, we've got to keep focused on the task ahead of us, which I really think is, like, four to six weeks. That's the task ahead of us, to see whether we're going to have an overrun healthcare system. If we have an overrun healthcare system, we have a whole other bunch of problems that then become the focus, you know? How do we triage people? You know, it's questions that we really never had to ask in recent memory, in the United States at least. Um, uh, you know, we're going to be in a, just an extraordinarily difficult position. And if we're in that position, there's going to be a, obviously a longer time of uh, this intense social distancing because people are going to be very worried about, um, you know, just having more patients that can't get care. Um, I'm not sure that that's inevitable, though. And certainly not in every place. There are a lot of places now where it's pretty mild and really doing social distancing could mean that it's actually pretty quiet in, in four to six weeks. And those places may want, might want to, um, uh, you know, using evidence to guide them from evidence that we may have then, start to um, do things differently. But I, I don't expect in four to six weeks, you know, we're going to be back to normal. But I think we'll know more. The sense of uncertainty will be less. The the kind of ability to plan will be better. Now, you've been in the medical field for a really long time. Have you ever seen anything like this that spreads like this? Um, no. I mean, that you know, in 2003, you had SARS, which was another coronavirus, which is a scary virus. But in a way, it was so deadly and so serious that it was not actually um, as much of a threat because people got sick, very sick, and um, they uh, were easy to identify and isolate, and as a result, it didn't keep spreading. What's so insidious about this virus, it's that fact that so many people don't get sick that allows it to spread so widely. Um, And so people don't know necessarily that they have it, and before they, you know, they don't even recognize it, and suddenly all these people are sick extremely hard to, uh, to reduce the transmission. Now, for, for people that think they do have symptoms or, or think they are getting ill, like um, we got, I, I, my, I got strep throat. Uh, I, I adopted a young girl and she gave us all strep throat. So Alexis ran out and got tested for um, the coronavirus because, you know, right now I, I don't know, you know, it's allergy season. I don't know whether to take a Zyrtec or call the CDC. So what, what, what do we do? How do we know? Um, 
So, uh, right now, um, there is testing in different places, and but not everybody necessarily needs a test or can get a test. So, if you're sick, first thing is you have to stay home. I mean, you have to just be absolutely, even within your home, you want to be as isolated as you possibly can be. Um, then you uh, should obviously, if you uh, can reach a doctor, you have a doctor, you call the doctor, talk it over with them. Um, if the symptoms are pretty mild, they may say, just stick it out at home. Let me know how it's going. If it's more serious and there is testing available, they may say, you know, I want to know whether you have the coronavirus. Here's what you do. I had a question today. I did a town hall with uh, my congressman here, and someone said, where do I go for testing? And I said, that's the wrong question. The right question is, where do I call for testing? Because you don't want to just show up. You don't want to show up in the emergency room and go, hey, I want a coronavirus test. You may get coronavirus in the emergency room. That's not a safe place to be necessarily. And um, it's much better for the healthcare provider and for you if it's all arranged ahead of time. So you could call your doctor or the health department or other numbers that are in your area and say, is it appropriate for me to get a test? And if so, what do I do? And they should be able to tell you, you know, we don't have tests for you or we do. Or, um, you do meet the criteria and here's what you should do. That's really the, the best situation now. It may be that people are, are really, you know, not doing well. They have fever, they have cough, they have shortness of breath. Those people may need to be evaluated in the hospital. But again, if, if it's at all possible to call ahead of time, that will really help the hospital uh, be prepared. The, my, my question on that would be, um, when they say shortness of breath, does it feel like pneumonia? Does it feel like bronchitis, like a cold? Well, um, yes, it, it, it is like pneumonia because I think it is a pneumonia. There's uh, infection in the lungs. Um, but the feeling, you know, is that you, you know, you feel like uh, you can't get air. You know, it's different than, it's not like you're stuffy. It's that um, you are breathing harder, breathing heavier, and uh, it's kind of oxygen hunger. You know, that feeling, uh. um, you've had it. Um, that is not a good feeling. And if, if that, mm-hmm. combined with a fever particularly, really shortness of breath in general, good to call a doctor, but combine that with a fever and a cough and, you know, it's quite possible these days that it could be a coronavirus, depending on where you live. And, you know, people who are really short of breath uh, may need um, more advanced care, like being in the hospital or ultimately ventilation. Um, you know, about one in five people wind up in the hospital and maybe about half of them wind up on a ventilator, which is, you know, one of the things that may well be in short supply. My question on this would be, uh, we there was the family in New Jersey a bunch of them caught it from a family dinner, and a lot of them have, have died. What is what? Why are some people getting so much sicker than others? We don't um, we we don't know that. I mean, there's clearly an age issue that people who are older or people who have certain illnesses um, are more likely to have severe course or death. Um, but you know, uh, whether they're different versions of the virus or mutations that matter in that, that usually isn't the case but it's, a lot is really unknown at this point. Okay. And then um, Paul and I are, are both in California. They say within the next, you know, eight weeks, half of California is going to have it. Um, at, at that point when, I, I when think, things I think, are, I think that's what they're, we're, we're, they're worried might happen. I think the reason okay. they're doing a shelter in place is to avoid okay. that happening. That's worst case scenario is what they're saying. 
Right. Okay, that's good. Now, places like, uh, I know Skid Row, a lot of the police dealing with there are saying that it's, people are getting very, very sick, especially the homeless. Um, for, for people that are stuck in a position where they have to go to work, where they can't hide in their homes, where they can't, um, or, or where they don't have great hygiene or running water. I have a friend of mine in a farm whose pipe just broke. What, what can they do to help? And what can we do to help them? Well, um, it's a very vulnerable population. It's a population that's vulnerable for a lot of reasons, and then you throw in coronavirus, and it's just supremely vulnerable. And it, um, you know, creates an enormous risk to the healthcare system, too. Um, and ideally, um, they wouldn't be homeless in the first place, but now there's really an urgency to give people their own space if it's possible. Um, I know Seattle has been setting up tents for the homeless. There are different solutions that are coming together in different cities. I think, um, you know, I don't think it's a good idea for people to take it upon themselves and go out there because they could get, you know, exposed potentially if if it's a a bad situation. But I think really lining up behind the city or the county or the effort, you know, asking what they can do to help and trying to join, you know, part of an effort or donate to uh, efforts to to basically reduce the concentration of people who have to live outside and together. I think it's, it's, it's a serious, serious risk. Now, what's the one thing we don't know that we should? Um, I, well, by should, do you mean um, we should know or we want to know? I mean, I could tell you a lot of things that I'd like to know. I'm starting with, you know, what works for treatment, what works for prevention. I'll give you uh, a good... Um, thing to mention here, we have a professor at the School of Public Health, um, and he um, he uh, was just interviewed on our podcast. I hope this is okay to mention, but we have a podcast called Public of Health course, on please. Call. Yeah. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we say it. where we do um, daily um, interviews with experts on different aspects of this, just focusing on one issue. Um, from the basic science of the virus to how viruses spread and how this virus spreads to potential treatments or the how to deal with mental health consequences. Um, when, you know, so you can go to wherever you do podcasts and do public health on call to hear those. But we interviewed this one guy who is just brilliant, and he is very um, interested in the idea, as yet unproven, of using the antibodies from the serum who, of people who have recovered both to prevent serious disease in others and disease in others, as well as to treat. And the idea is that if 80% of the people are responding and if they're getting an antibody response, you could take the antibody out of their blood, you know, kind of concentrate it and give it to mm. people. And that's, that's actually how we stop measles outbreaks before the measles vaccine. So he's looked at research from 100 years ago. And, you know, that's if you had people brilliant. who got measles, and he would, they, they would take their serum and they would give it to people who were exposed to measles and they wouldn't get measles. You don't, you don't need that much if what you're trying to do little. is prevent. So that, that might, in theory, be available, um, you know, if it's proven. To, and they're standing up trials right now and there's going to be some data coming out of China soon. Um, you know, that might be something that's more available in the shorter term than a full-on now vaccine, I- for example. I do want to say check out, he's the host of um, Public Health Podcast. We are going to put up a link, and you can find him under Dr. Josh S. on Twitter. We're going to put up a link to his Twitter as well. So if you have questions, talk to him. For the love of God, I know nothing. Um, 
what about the anti-vaxxers? I'm on Twitter right now talking to people, and their question is, what about the anti-vaxxers? Jesus. It's called natural selection. (laughs) Paul, pretend to be nice. Well, I mean, you know, part of the discussion about vaccines is people saying, you know, they don't really believe how bad it was, you know, when we had vaccine-preventable diseases. But we're living through that now. This is how people experienced um, measles, you know, or um, experienced smallpox, which killed hundreds of millions of people in the 20th century, or experienced, um, you know, other types of various plagues. It, it's terrifying. Polio. Parents were afraid to let their kids go to the pool because they could get, you know, paralyzed or worse. And so, you know, I think when we, this helps put, I think, some of that all into perspective. When you're dealing with a real health threat, you understand why you need to listen to, to, to evidence and why things like vaccines really matter. You know, if we, had, if we had a vaccine for this, people, I think, would understand why it's important when they realize the mortality of this condition. And so getting a vaccine is extremely, extremely important. And, and, you know, it's too early to speculate how this will change people's approaches to vaccines. But, you know, I think it'll, it will at least be an example that... You know, when when the world is facing mortal threats, people come up with vaccines to save millions of lives. Well, I think that's been the problem with vaccines up until this point, is they've been a victim of their own success. When you don't remember how horrid it was to see people being sick or how quickly things could spread, it's easy to go, well, you know, the measles will take care of themselves. Like I'm a huge believer in vaccines. I know, it, especially in my job I'm, job, I'm supposed to be, you know, all anti-vaccine, but not at all. Like just give me a vaccine now for this and I'd be happy. Um, but I, I think vaccines have kind of been a victim of their own success. So in, in this case, I think you're right. It might kind of shake everyone into it and uh, make them realize that, gee, these things that they're saying weren't a big deal are kind of a big freaking deal. Now, with people um, who have been exposed or who have had it, they've said that, people that were sick are actually having relapses and staying sick. They're not actually getting better the way you do from the flu. Why is that? Well, I think there are a lot of people getting better. It's it's a longer illness can take longer um, to get better. Um, But people do get better. This issue of getting reinfected um, is not totally worked out yet. There's There's some reports of this. Um, I think it's it's definitely a question that's going to be studied. I think that there are definitely some people who think that if it's maybe if it is possible to get reinfected, it's probably not as bad the second time if your immune system has some memory of it. Um, there's an epidemiologist at the school who wrote about how it's generally the first wave of infections is the most serious, and that's really the reason for the, such an unbelievably extreme response. Makes sense. Now, we've got about five minutes to close. Um, I know we've told everyone to find you on Twitter. We're going to put up links. We've told them about your podcast. Is there anything everyone else needs to know about you? Um, So I'm a professor of health policy at Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health and the former health secretary in the state of Maryland and the former health commissioner of the city of Baltimore. I formerly worked uh, for the Food and Drug Administration as well. Um, I don't do, you know, uh, uh, medical advice, even though I'm a pediatrician. I haven't seen patients in a while. Um, but my my goal here is to um, try to help with the public health side of this and 
um, help people understand what that's like, work and try to do my best to help um, cities and states that we consult with, uh, think through different kinds of policies, try to make sense of the evidence and how that can be applied in a way that, um, you know, will make it possible to, to get through this with the minimum harm to people on the economy. And I think that's that's a huge one. Um, we're coming to the end of the show. Do you have any advice for anyone? Just last minute, we've got about two minutes left. Yes. Um, this is my, you know, I do think, I'd like to end on the point that this is a very um, horrible disease in part because of the way it pushes people apart. You know, people are isolated. Um, and people get sick, they're on their own, you know. Um, you can't even do funerals. Uh, you can't do birthday parties. You can't do weddings. I mean, the things that in part make us human, this takes it away. And so it's really important to fight against that. You have to make a conscious effort. I don't think I'm doing a good enough job calling my parents. I'll give you an example. But I'm going to make it more of an effort. Um, to, spend more, to spend more time with them on the phone, even as busy as we might be, you know, it's scary for people. And um, we still have to be the people that we are. And I think through different mechanisms, through video, through calls, through other things, that, that is a form of fighting back against what the virus is doing and ultimately being able to sustain physical isolation um, is important to fighting the infection. But in order to do that, you have to really close the psychological and emotional isolation that can set in. I think that's really beautiful and a very, very good way of putting it. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Um, guys, I know this isn't our usual type of show. Usually Paul and I, mm. except for the Holocaust show, um, we're mm. usually pretty Oof. lighthearted and we do a lot of joking, but this is really, really important. Oh, um, on a lighter note, did Geraldo's breathing exercises have any effect in reality at all whatsoever? Um, I'm somewhat happy that I've not seen those, so I can't really answer that. Yeah, he basically skeptical. just said, you know, take some deep breaths to see if you're out of breath, and, you know, that would be how you'd be. Yeah, I know. He's not a physician. Okay, so, so let's go with don't listen to Geraldo. Listen to Dr. Josh. We're going to put up a link. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, thanks for I having really, me. Have a good night. You too. Um, guys, thank you for joining us. Please listen to Dr. Josh, not Geraldo. We're going to put up a link to his podcast. We're also and going to put nice. up a link to his Twitter. Be, be, yeah, nice. be nice. nice. Be wonderful. Seriously, we only want nice people. Um, yeah. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back to our normal kind of show next week, if you can call anything normal in this environment. I'm yeah, Summer no. Helene. We are on with my co-host, host of the militant moderate, Paul Michael Bowen. <laughs> and thank you very, 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 very much to our very special guest, Dr. Josh, he is the host of the Public Health Podcast. We'll put up a link and we will see you guys next week. Be good to each other. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.